and I, I've been going back to the conundrum of space progress. It always seems to come at the same time as major global conflicts, almost as if the two parallel each other. And why that's the case? Welcome everybody to Today in Space. I'm your host from the East Coast, Alex Giorfanos, and this is the All Things Space Science podcast, where we explore the scientific mindset and try to bring interesting ideas and diverse topics around what we see as the potential future of an interplanetary humanity. I think exploring the concept of how to be a scientist every day is very important. I use science in my everyday life, in my job as a customer success engineer at a 3D printing technology company, and when I get home, I run our 3D printing lab, AG3D, where which funds this podcast and lets us 3D print awesome stuff like this SpaceX Crew Dragon helmet and our James Webb Space Telescope coasters. I started my career in STEM, getting my degree in aerospace engineering, and eventually found that I enjoyed communicating science and complex ideas, which evolved into this podcast as a way to participate, continue to participate in this thing called a global space industry. We explore new ideas and keep you up to date on the latest in space and have conversations with all sorts of scientifically minded people in our segment of People of Science. In our last episode, we had Jenna Bryant on. She's the CEO, founder, co-founder, and general partner at Embedded Ventures. And we had her co-founder, Jordan Noon, who helped pioneer relativity space. That's 3D printing rockets that go to space. So we get to talk to some really interesting people from all aspects of life and their STEM career. And we talk about what they're passionate about. Personally, I'm a lifetime learner, and I just love sharing what I find out, and I always have a project I'm working on. This is my podcast. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to everyone who is new and to all our subscribers and frequent listeners. Thank you for staying with us. If you're not subscribed already, make sure to do that, so that way you get updated whenever we put out a new episode, and it helps us find more people and spread love and spread science. But before we begin, quick update from me. Uh, life's been crazy, and I'll probably wager that you've also had a crazy life since our last episode. Uh, the world's upside down, and I think everyone is feeling it. The pandemic has already made us weird. I can't even begin to guess how much we have lost, how much we've all lost in our communication skills over the past two years, and just like how we interact with people. We've, we've gotten weird. And in the last month, between some serious food poisoning, life in general, uh, things I'm dealing with, and some long days at work since the start of the year, just not had enough time to stay consistent with the podcast, uh, and, and I'm sorry, but I'm back on the content train, I've got a plan, and we're back in action. With all of that delay, there is a lot to catch up on in space, since our solo segment at the end of January is the last time we really dug into what's new in space but first we have to discuss russia has invaded ukraine this shouldn't come across as new information as we're almost a week into this the ukrainian people and its leader are on the front lines bravely and valiantly fighting for their freedom and country war is terrible we should always do what we can to avoid it sometimes it becomes unavoidable 
and I hope that any future escalations are halted so that this conflict can end. It's already gone too far, but I hope there's a way to come out of this before this becomes something like a World War III. This conflict has already affected the space industry as the international partnership of Russia on the International Space Station is at jeopardy in response to their invasion of Ukraine on Earth. One of the most reliable launch systems on Earth, the Soyuz launch system, is for the time being unavailable and will no doubt delay any missions slated to launch from Baikonur Cosmodrome. So the space industry has already been affected. Uh, the cosmonauts on board the ISS are now operating solely from their Russian side of the ISS, at least the last time I heard. Things have not been this tense between the U.S. and Russia in space relations since the Cold War and the first space race. You know, and I, I've been going back to the conundrum of space progress. It always seems to come at the same time as major global conflict, almost as if the two parallel each other. And why that's the case, I don't know. I don't have a good answer. I'm also not a political scientist, and I'm definitely not an international expert. I don't have an answer to what's going on in Ukraine other than supporting the people that are fighting for their freedom and their for their country. As a Greek American, I wholly support that. You know, Greek people have been doing that <laughs> uh almost the whole time that we've been we've been a country. And I also hope that the relations between Russia and the world can be repaired after this metaphorical rip in relations with the U.S., EU, and elsewhere around the world. My hope is that we can come out of this wild time in human history on the better end of time. While the Cold War and the space race were crazy times, the U.S. did succeed at winning the space race and formed a relationship between the U.S. and Russia that lasted, has lasted, to this very day, all these decades later. We've not lost that international cooperation just yet. And I think we can fix things, but it's going to take some work. And we're already not pleasant humans after two years of a pandemic. So yeah, we are, we're going to literally, literally need to build a better future with our own hands. So I hope that we get started soon by cleaning up this mess in Ukraine. I have hope, but that's all I have to say on that for right now. I figured we'd close out this episode because we came in strong. <laughs> I figured we'd close close out this episode. I've been keeping a whole list of a uh, bunch of stuff I've been paying attention to because that's kind of how uh, these these episodes, these solo episodes with me go when I'm trying to share stuff about what's happening in space. I see a, uh, an article. I'll throw it in the list for that next episode. If it kind of groups together with something else, maybe we'll split some episodes up. But... Uh, with, with everything that was going on, it just kind of became this one episode with a bunch of stuff. So um, I, I did want to go through that. Uh, there's a few things for sure to touch on. And of course, as always, uh, you know, make sure to subscribe. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, on Instagram, Today in Space Pod, on Twitter, Today in Space Pod, uh, on TikTok, Today in Space. And of course, our YouTube channel, subscribe there. Uh, Spotify, like, subscribe, follow whatever that platform has, hit that thing, get the alerts, share with everybody. Um, that's been what's gotten this podcast out to 
other people. That's probably how you found out about this podcast. <laughs> uh, someone else telling you about it or uh, picking us up from uh, social media. So follow us there. That's uh, if you really want to have uh, the daily feed of Today in Space. It really is on uh, social media right now, especially our Instagram page. Uh, so go check that out. And of course, our 3D printing lab. Right now, you can pick up the 3D printed James Webb Space Telescope coaster that we've been 3D printing here. Uh, we have moved to printing this in completely one piece. So uh, it's just a multicolor 3D print. It's a very simple thing in 3D printing. Uh, we have a much more elegant solution downstairs that we are working on, but it is it is taking time. And, and a lot of the stuff, the, the life stuff that's been <laughs> keeping us away from the mic here, uh, has been this, has been these, our Etsy store has been selling. It's been uh, getting money together for this podcast. That's how we fund this podcast. So if you're interested, ag3dprinting.etsy.com is our Etsy store. And if you want to get anything 3D printed, if you're scared, you don't know how to get into it, you want someone that knows what they're doing that you can talk to and take you through the whole experience of 3D printing, that's what we're here for with AG3D Printing. So uh, you can go to ag3d-printing.com, get a free quote from us. Uh, and of course, you can always email us at ag3d.engineering at gmail.com. And of course, today in space podcast at gmail.com. Uh, so let's go through the lightning round of uh, space stories that I've kept in my notes. Let's dive into it. So the first one here that we definitely have to talk about, there is a new director of JPL, Laurie Leshen, uh, who left as president of WPI, which is my alma mater. She is now the director of JPL. So that's a huge congratulations. It's cool to have some you know, degree of separation with somebody who's now directing JPL. Uh, she became president when I was in school a few years in, and I got to meet her once or twice. Um, but it was always cool to have someone who, you know, had NASA relations, who became the president of our school. That was that was pretty cool. So big congratulations to her. That's that's uh, it's cool to have a another another goat, another engineer uh, at NASA. The other thing we have to talk about, because this also relates to the conflict in Ukraine, SpaceX deployed, before everything happened in Ukraine, SpaceX deployed engineers for six months to Tonga after a volcano destroyed the fiber optic lines beneath the surface of the water, and they were without internet. So they deployed Starlink throughout that country, got people up and running, people that didn't have access to it. And again, Starlink, for those that don't know, if you're new, it's a global satellite constellation so a bunch of these satellites that are uh basically like a mesh <laughs> like a, like a wi-fi mesh network around the globe that spacex launches these on their own falcon 9 uh, they just launched uh, another another 50 of them recently um and 46 i think the week before that so there are already and there are going to be a ton of these in orbit and it allows places that don't have the ability to get internet, right? Uh, in in the in the case of Tonga, like they literally had no access. The, the cables that brought the internet are not there anymore, uh, and they're going to take a long time. So you, so how do you, and in in that time, in in the time of having catastrophe happen, right? You just had this giant volcano that just destroyed everything around you. Like you need to be able to 
if you can access the internet and communicate faster and and get things to where they need to be communicate who needs help those are all really big things and spacex was able to make that happen and in relation to ukraine after ukraine asked for help elon musk deployed starlink to ukraine uh to provide internet to the people there to the people fighting it was a real tony stark moment for elon musk honestly and it's uh, yes, of course, it it helps Elon Musk, the engineer, to get more of these things out there, to get more testing, to make it more robust, to make sure that they can actually make Constellation as good as possible, right? They've got all these places that it, you know are getting access to internet in ways they've never gotten access before because of Starlink. There, there's obviously the the technical aspect of like, yes, that's a that's a good thing, but we all would like to help in any kind of conflict or anyone who's dealing with anything, you want to be able to help. Um, this is a way to help in a really, really, really amazing way. And he's doing it. So uh, all respect to SpaceX uh, and the engineers that are like going out there to actually make this thing happen. It's, it's a, it's a big deal. They're doing more than just aerospace engineering. It, it really, it, this is the great example of how space travel helps things back on earth it's not going to be able to stop the conflict but it's going to be able to help the people in the conflict and that's that's big and starlink just recently uh right before uh this issue in in tongo where the satellite where the starlink satellites and the starlink platform was deployed spacex lost 40 starlink satellites to a solar flare so they literally had just launched these i remember i was watching some people online who will report orbits of things that just launched starlink is obviously a lot of things that you can then track and there's uh people like jonathan mcdowell who are tremendous at doing this and i remember watching his feed about this talking about how these starlink satellites just started dropping and how you know this basically this entire launch of starlink satellites just ended up not being successful what happened turned out the sun had something to do with it <laughs> and it takes it takes a whole nother look at how delicate the balance is that we have right now with earth where we live in this time in this stable state in our solar system where we don't have a lot of things in our our planetary orbit that we might get impacted with uh, like we did in the early days of our solar system we're also really lucky that our sun is in such a healthy young state as it is because these solar storms could be way more active and that that would not be good <laughs> so you know if we had more activity there's a chance we may not even be able to have electronics never mind an atmosphere if it's bad enough so um pretty crazy to think that an almost an entire launch of spacex starlink satellites go down and then it's not even it's the last day of february and they started it losing 40 Starlink satellites, and now they've helped two countries out of their own unique conflicts and catastrophes. They've been able to deploy the internet to those places in need. It's it's pretty wild. That's that's definitely a story. So we'll have articles for those uh, for you guys to check out. Also, James Webb Space Telescope has taken its first image, and it's it's really interesting to look at you know the first image that they showed was basically 18 splotches because on james webb space telescope there are 18 
of these gold-plated panels that are reflecting whatever light they're looking at into the uh, secondary mirror. A crazy process, and each of these 18 need to be calibrated. So the first image is going to look like crap because it hasn't been calibrated yet. It's, this is the engineering part, right? The science can be done when you've got a perfectly working James Webb Space Telescope. So the engineers have to get it there. They launched it, they deployed it, they unfolded this whole spacecraft in space along the way and got everything to be assembled and they got it into its final place in orbit at Lagrange Point 2, right behind Earth with the sun behind it so it can stay as cold as possible to look out into the universe and gather in the oldest light that's out there. Uh, as close to the Big Bang as we've ever seen before. And in the early days, they're going to look at uh, some galaxies and also at some exoplanets so they can actually peer into the atmosphere, uh, which they'll be able to do, which is unlike what Hubble was able to do. So this first image had 18 versions, dots, of this star that they were looking at. They were able to calibrate that into one single image, so got all the panels to be facing the right way, focusing, basically. So instead of like a like a two-lens focus, they're basically <laughs> focusing 18 of these panels. Um, so they're working on their way to dial that in so that we can get as crisp an image as possible. And this process is going to take a while. Um, but once they get that thing up and running, we're going to be able to look at some really amazing things. And the TRAPPIST system has now come back into play, which was a, a really interesting system back and I believe it was 2015. We even made a, a 30 second clip of this uh, on, on SoundCloud, just playing around on a synthesizer. But it was really cool, some amazing stuff. Like some of those planets are, are locked in a state where basically one side is always dark and one side is always facing the sun. So that's a really interesting idea of like where would life live? And if we're able to point James Webb Space Telescope there, we may find out some really, really interesting things. It's close enough that we're going to be able to look at this exoplanet system in a way that we haven't been able to look at something like that before. And with all the things that Hubble showed us and all the ways it expanded our understanding of the universe, our, uh, how where we came from, uh, James Webb Space Telescope is going to do that and more. Uh, and have us look even further back. So there's uh, a lot of really exciting stuff to look forward to. I think that's like my tagline for everything on this podcast. <laughs> but that's what we talk about here. We talk about the things that are really interesting to us. Um, and we'd love to know what you think. This is what this is what I find interesting. But I'd also love to know what you find interesting about space and science. We love to cover that here on the podcast. So if you ever do have any of that stuff, hit us up on social media. Today in Space Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, today in space on tiktok uh, today in space podcast on facebook and of course our email today in space podcast at gmail.com hit us up let us know what you think we'd love to hear from you and uh i think that's what we got for this week folks be good to yourself definitely take care of yourself the the world is crazy keep your mind and your wits about you and get to, get some rest <laughs> i know i know i have to so uh, be good, spread love, spread science, and we'll be back next week for another episode of Today in Space. Live long and prosper. See you next time.